So let's just pray together. Oh Lord God, we just come before you this morning. And we bring all our worries, our concerns, our cares, and we lay them at your feet. We give them to you, our Lord. Lord, today free us that we may be set free indeed. Free to be sent to you, sent by you into the world. Our Lord, we just ask that your Holy Spirit be upon us now, that we may hear your word and that we may know it in our lives. We ask this in your holy name. Amen. Now we're continuing on with our series on how Jesus establishes a community of faith. We've been looking at the the four weeks within April and how Jesus revealed himself to the various disciples. To Mary, to the disciples walking on the Emmaus Road, to Thomas, and to Saul, or the Apostle Paul, as we get to know him later. Today we kind of take a little shift and we look at how how Jesus really establishes the church. And we're going to be looking at four different aspects of this. And this week, we're going to be focusing on how Jesus has sent the disciples out into the world. But before I get too far into that, I want to ask you a question. Do you think yourself either as a pioneer explorer or a colonist settler? I think we're going to... Come back. There we go. Now, let me go. Put it up. Pioneer, explorer, or colonist, settler. Which do you think kind of describes you? Caleb says he's an explorer. How, how, you're a settler. Okay. Anybody else want to put their hand up and say that they are an explorer, pioneer? Now, let me kind of give you a little definition. An explorer is someone who wants to go out and seek, to find new things, to to go into the world beyond. A settler is somebody that, once somebody has explored, comes in to colonise and settle in the area to create order and be in comfort and peace within those areas. So who, who here is a pioneer and explorer? We have three. There we go. Fantastic. So everybody else is more a settler and colonist. We like the comforts. We like to come in afterwards. Okay, we need all kinds of people here, don't we? But it's good to kind of understand who we are. We're going to have two scripture readings today in this time, in this message. And both of them are of Jesus sending the disciples. But see, the thing is, there is a difference between a pioneer and a settler. A little while back, uh, another pastor was making comments about the difference between the the pioneer and the settler. 
And he, he said it used to be the settlers that were the safe ones, that they were the ones that were assured of safety because they came in afterwards and they, they just made sure things happened. And it was the explorers and the pioneers who were, were really in danger. But when we start placing this into our modern world and when we start placing that into our context of our church, this pastor said that it's actually the settlers that are in danger and the pioneers and explorers are the ones who are much more safe. Because the pioneers are the ones who are dying. They're not venturing out. They're not taking any risks. They're not changing. The explorer is the one who is going out, seeking potential to grow, experiencing new life. Does anybody want to change their idea of who they want to be? A settler or a pioneer now? You're happy? You're happy? It's okay. So when we start thinking within our own kind of scenario, we start to see that we as the church have actually made it so that we are, we are settlers. We build fortresses where people come. They retreat from their everyday life and they come into this place kind of almost like an exclusive club of believers. Is that what we should be doing? Or should we be going out and reaching further? Now it's interesting because there is one place that you see this come up time and time again and really is, is quite apparent. It's when we actually start looking at, and I, you know, I really don't make it a big, big deal to talk about finances, but it is really when you come to the finances and the way people um, work within their finances and the church that you actually see this come about into a real kind of understanding of what it is. You realise that only about 66% of people who actually attend church actually give anything to the church at all. Isn't that amazing when you think about that? That um, up to 17% of those people say that they tithe. You know, that's the giving of the 10% um, offering to, the, to, to God. But actually only 3% actually do that. So there's a lot of people who are saying they do it and they don't do it. The thing that I find that of all of these statistics that's interesting is that the average weekly giving in the Protestant church, that's us, um, is about $17 a week. Now, if we were to tithe, would that be $17 a week? Because it's interesting, because faith and generosity are actually connected to one another. Faith and generosity are actually connected. Interesting stat for you that during the Great Depression, when things were really tough, offerings to the church were at their highest. And now that we are in a, what is relatively a very well-off time, the offering of the church is now at the lowest. 
per, as a percentage to the people. And when we give to the church, and this is, the, this is our real key thing here, key stat for you, is that 90% of what is given actually goes to maintaining the structures of the church and only ever 10% goes out into the missional, outside of the building kind of things. So if you think about it, we only have a couple of people who are those explorers and pioneers and most of us are the settlers, so that kind of almost kind of equates to being the same. But the church is not necessarily called to maintain itself as a structure. Yes, we have to do that. But we are called to be sent to go out into the community, the whole wide world. Let, let, we're going to put up on the screen the first of our readings, which comes from Matthew Gos Matthew's Gospel. And you, should, you, you may have heard this before. It is the Great Commission. It's from Matthew 28. It's 20, 28 verses 16 to 20. And it says, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And when he saw them, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations. Notice that. Therefore go, being sent, making disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. You see, we are called to be sent to go, not to stay. That call takes us from a place of comfort, relative comfort, into the open world. So should we be more pioneering and exploring in our mentality than just staying the same? The difference between the pioneer and the settler mentality can be seen in many areas of the church life. When it comes to ministry, for example, the settler church itself is self-centred, it's focused primarily on the wants or desires of the church family. Uh, the ministry of the, the pioneer church, on the other hand, is centred on the needs of those people outside in the world, feeding the hungry, caring for the orphan, clothing the naked, those things. And when it comes to the outreach, the settler church says everybody knows who we are and where we are and I don't understand why they're not coming. They will come, but we don't know. Whereas the pioneer church goes out and looks for people, talks to people, tells them about the message of the gospel. See, it's interesting. The settler church when it comes to ministry and thinking of what kind of ministers they want, what people they're going to employ to be their ministers, the settler church seems to want a pastor that's going to be like a chaplain whose primary job is to visit the members of the church and to make sure that they feel good about themselves and about the church because we want to make sure everybody's happy and staying. Whereas the pioneer church, on the other hand, sees the pastor as more of a visionary leader 
whose primary job is, is not necessary to go around and t have cups of tea and scones with people, but its primary job is to equip the saints for ministry and evangelism. And that's the job of equipping, to send you out. There is a difference. And when we come to the call at Christ's place, when Jesus called his followers into service, did he call them to be pioneers or settlers? He called them not to create fortresses of security for the protection of the saint, but to go out, leave the security and be bold. When we have a look at this in Matthew's Gospel, Jesus says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. If we jump into Mark's Gospel, Jesus is portrayed as saying, Go into all the worlds and proclaim the good news to the whole creation. Notice, notice the theme that's coming. It's being sent out. In Luke's and Acts, Jesus said that the disciples shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes and they shall be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria and to the ends of the earth, going out beyond. And in John's Gospel, which is the second reading, and I want to share this with you. In John's Gospel, the sending is the same. So let's put it up. And we heard, a bit, we heard a bit of this a couple of weeks ago in the Thomas, but it's the very first part. On the evening of the, la of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together and the doors were locked in fear of Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood amongst them and said, Peace be with you. Notice how that they were locked themselves in, kind of keeping themselves secure. And after he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side, and the disciple who was overjoyed when they saw the Lord. And Jesus, here it is, and Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am also sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. And if you forgive anyone's sin, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not, not forgiven. This is a powerful stuff when we think about who we are as a church. When we start thinking about how Jesus established the church and how we really are going to become and continue to strive becoming that community of believers. What does it mean for us? Have we been sent and that's it and we sit back and we keep on doing the same thing again? No. It's that we go out and we do more. We equip each and every one of you to actually be the explorer and the pioneer to go out and do the amazing work that Christ is sending you to go and do. So when we have a look at this, this commissioning process that Jesus had, the, the sending, the sending of the disciples, I want to just quickly look at the, the, the section in John's Gospel and, and just go back over it. And Jesus said to them, peace be with you. This is the first thing. He actually said to you, be at peace. The peace that I have you have. Then he, then he went, As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And then with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. And if you forgive anyone's sin, their sins are forgiven. If you don't forgive them, your, their sins are not forgiven. 
So we have four acts, four parts in this. Peace, being sent, being filled and having authority. To have the peace of God in your life. You know, it really is. This is not a moment that you have when you are like just new to the faith. These are, these are disciples that we're talking about. These are the ones who are saying, yes, I believe in Christ. I want my life to be changed. I really want to be um, doing God's work in this world. And so we have a peace that comes from knowing Christ. We have a peace that comes from Christ having died for our sins, having been raised to new life, and having ascended to, to God at the right hand of God, and he's praying for us. We have a peace that is upon us at the moment that really kind of surpasses all understanding, especially when we look at the world and its turmoil that we have at the moment. The peace that we should have should transform the fears that we have as it transformed the fears of the disciple in that room. It was spoken so that disciples may hear next what Jesus was to say. And if we think about the phrase carefully, Jesus says, As the Father has sent me, I am also sending you. It's carefully qualified because Jesus sends in the same way as God our Father has sent Jesus. These are critical ideas for us because they determine how we are sent, not by ourselves, but sent in the name of Jesus. And then Jesus breathes on them with the words, receive the Holy Spirit. And a very important point here, this comes after the sending. So often we think that we, we want the, the gift of the Holy Spirit to be with us and its primary purpose is to provide us with some amazing spiritual experiences that, that we can enjoy. But that, and this may happen, but it's kind of a, a byproduct of this because it's a byproduct of being sent, the joy and the happiness that we can have. The experience of being filled with the Holy Spirit which we're going to focus on next week. I don't want to preempt what we're going to talk about next week, but we are. Is, is, is really looking at the gift that we have personally, but is used to spread the good news of Christ in all the world. See, Jesus does the sending breathes the spirit of power and empowering them and sends them out and then concludes that you actually are given authority in this process. Spiritual authority on the disciples. It's within our power to forgive those around us. And it's so powerful when that forgiveness comes. So what's it all mean for us? Let's bring it back to ourselves again. 
Because so often we can go, yep, they're, they're wonderful scriptures. They were for the disciples all those years ago. And let's leave them back there. But no, it's for us. Let's not leave the story of Jesus at a distance, but let us bring it close to us. And really, really what we need to do is understand that fear can cause us to come in and circle the wagons and go, we want to retreat and be like this always. But that's not what we are called to do. We're not called to stay here. We are called to go out. We're called to be at mission in the world. We're called to embrace the love of God in our lives. We're called to enjoy God in, through participation, joint participation in his mission in this world to love others. See, if we accept the gift of peace, then our fears, our loneliness, our isolation, our uncertainties, all those things that can grab our tensions for us or can pull it away, if we accept the peace of God within our life, those things, while they may still be there, are put into perspective. If we accept our part in the mission, I actually come to believe that if we don't do it, if we don't do this, then the church will fail. If we don't take up our part in this mission, then we're not going to be a church for very much longer. See, our society thinks what makes us a Christian is that we go to church. Really, what makes us a Christian is that we go out into the world and bring the good news of Jesus Christ to all the world. And as we go, we are filled with the Spirit of God to proclaim good news, release to the captives. See, so God's plan for our world actually hinges upon us going out in obedience, going out in the power of the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, we wouldn't have these passages in Scripture for us. He wouldn't have sent the disciples. So what's holding us back is fear of rejection. There's fear of being asked questions we may not know how to answer. There's fear of not being respected. Maybe it's comfort of taking that extra time, extra mile, extra effort of not wanting to sacrifice. Or perhaps it's simply not knowing where to start. The fact is that if we go, we actually discover the greatest joy, the deepest healing, the greatest significance because Jesus is alive and with us and has chosen us to be his ambassadors out into the world. You know, our calling for our church today, our church here, is not necessarily to be a settler. It's not to make sure that everything is run properly and in good order, although that, they're really good things to do. Let's, let's not be beat around the bush. We need to make sure they happen. But our call is to go out and be adventurous, to change, to adapt, to demonstrate the power of God that they can save. It's a call to go out and evangelise, a call out to be evangelists.
to be those pioneers and explorers. So let's just pray together. Gracious Lord, we just give you thanks for today, for Scripture. We give you thanks that we can explore Scripture. In a way, sometimes it is new, sometimes it is different, but Lord is always challenging. Lord, help us to take on board that all authority on heaven and earth has been given to Jesus and that he has sent us to go and make disciples of all nations, to baptise them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and that we should be teaching them to obey everything, everything that Jesus has commanded. And may we have the comfort and the joy that we know that we are always with Christ in our life, Christ with our church. Amen.